Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Heart of Sports with Jason Springer and Jeff Cohen. We're thrilled to join you every Friday, bringing you the latest news in the Heart of Sports, and we've got a special show for you today. Jeff, we are sitting here overlooking Temple football practice. We're at Chodoff Field right now watching the Temple football team get ready for the 2018 season, and boy, these guys are working hard. It's a fun atmosphere here. They they move quickly. They, I mean, I can't wait. We've got some interviews later in the show with Coach Collins, with the offensive coordinator. We'll have starting quarterback safety got a lot going on here before we get to it though let's talk a little Phillies then we'll come back to Temple Um, we're taping the show on a Thursday so we just finished the Red Sox series uh, split against the Red Sox what do you think of uh, the debut of Wilson Ramos Uh, two doubles and a triple you'll take that right not too shabby you'll take that yeah and a win more importantly we actually scored some runs and I think that this infusion let's not forget Justin Bohr also had a nice debut as the uh, first baseman for the Phillies, and I think that the infusion of those two plus Cabrera will give them some leadership. I just hope that they get enough playing time. I just hope that they score enough runs. I I think those three will make a huge difference. They've had some great pitching that's been wasted at times in terms of going deep in games. The bullpens pitch well. I mean, look, in third inning, Naris comes in in the Red Sox game, back up from the minors. You had said something about you thought they discovered that he was kind of tipping his pitches a little bit. Looked pretty good last night to retire the side. The bases loaded there. the, The pitching seems to always look good. I mean, let's let's face it, coming into the season, there were a lot of question marks with that, but the pitching staff has looked great. Uh, even the guys that they call up for a spot start here or there, they look good. You got Eikhoff, who's in the minors, working his way back, and I think that'll be a huge investment to have him back. The, they are having Ranger Suarez and Zach Eflin pitch the doubleheader against the Mets. Uh, what's your thought on the roster moves that have been made? Eflin going down to the minors temporarily. There was a little bit of outcry over that. It seems like they've really had to do some juggling to get all these players on the roster and figure out who's going to play where. I think Clintac has done a very good job managing the roster under the rules that they have. I understand why people are a little upset about Eflin losing some service time and a little bit of money. Um, and I'm not putting down the little bit of money, it's about $20,000, but I think considering what they're able to do and what they need to do to win, every single game matters. And I think from that standpoint, it made sense. What what frustrated me was that Justin Bohr, who was the guy that was added, did not play over the weekend. That's what didn't make sense to me. Why make the move if you're not going to... Yeah, and and I understand that that Kapler's had this conversation with Santana about how he's still the starter, but let's face it, the guy's struggling to hit more than 210. Do you listen to Kapler's post-game press conferences? Sometimes. He's like a thesaurus. He did. He, he is. is so optimistic and finds so many ways to praise people. I just want to go do something for the Phillies, so he says something nice about me. There you go. Now, now let's move on to Temple football. Cause, so what uh, are we seeing out here? I mean, this is... Fun. They've got all different rotations going on, different things in different places. People dropping doing push-ups when they screw up. <laughs> well, no. Well, here's the here's the funny thing, and we'll have to ask Coach Collins about it, is we've noticed that Coach Collins is doing a lot of push-ups during this, and, and and there's apparently a reason for for why the coaches are doing push-ups during the game, and it has to do with somehow motivating the players. Yeah. But we'll we'll let him get into that. But the thing that I'm most impressed by this is the level of detail. That we have got. I mean, you hear the yelling in the background, but it, it, everybody has. There are 115 guys out here right now, or around that number, and everybody knows where to be. Every we've been here for an hour and a half now, and everybody knows 
every minute of this practice, everybody knows where to be. I don't see anybody standing around. It certainly isn't like Little League when you saw a kid standing around in the outfield waiting to catch a fly ball. It, this this is incredible to see. And I'll tell you, Frank Nutile, who, Nutile, who is the uh, quarterback this year, he looks good. I, I had said when we got here, he looks so poised in both the interviews that he does, but on the field, he just looks like a calming influence in the huddle with some of these players. Um, it's a different scenario than last year where they weren't sure who their quarterback was going to be coming into the year. Newtile became the quarterback midseason. Team closed on a high, won their bowl game, won a couple games at the end of the year, looking to bring momentum into the year. And Coach Collins seems excited about the roster that he has. And from everything you read, all the preseason previews have Temple either winning or being a contender for the AAC, which means another bowl game. I wonder how the coach uses it as motivation with those predictions, because in some of them they're, you know, predicted to do well, and others, you know, predicted to finish third. And it's like, you know, I wonder how a coach uses that to put a chip on the shoulder of his team that nobody respects us. We saw it with the Eagles, with the underdogs. They're here in this city and saw that. I just wonder whether they become the next team that gets the nobody respects us attitude and fights back. I get the impression that he finds a way to motivate them on every single moment of every single day. It's, it's amazing to watch this guy. He is on the field for every single play, standing in the middle of it, blowing a whistle, that was giving a nice instruction. Being in, I mean, it's everything's enthusiastic. And as Jason just said, uh, Frankie Juice, as they call him here. We'll have to ask made, him about that nickname, too. Yeah, made a very nice throw to the sidelines. We won't go yeah, into right. detail. Yeah, right down the seam on the on the out there. I mean, right on the money, and that that's what you hope to see from your your senior quarterback. He's he's coming in. He's really taking control of the team. We understand he did a lot in the off season too to try and improve himself. That we'll ask him about. So if, you know, if you're a Temple fan and and you look at the football team here, you've got a lot to be excited about with what's going on. I'm impressed. I I can't say how impressed I am. I mean, I've come from from watching a, a large football school yeah you're a michigan yeah, man I'm a so michigan you're used guy. to seeing big time football uh, but but uh, i'm watching this and i don't see any difference here uh i mean i i see coaches coaching i see people motivating i see players uh totally in tune to what they have to do i mean the amount of detail on simple little things like uh just breaking an arm tackle the the number of reps that they're doing just for that is incredible to me and and it makes you appreciate the team even more. And the attention to detail on the breaking of the arm tackle where Coach Collins is out there that if they don't do it right, he's blowing the whistle, making them run it again, and he's right in their ear, chewing them out in the process, telling them what they need to do wrong. Yeah, see, so if I'm a player, I'm not sure why in the world I would not do it right every time because I would not want to be on his bad side. Well, we will uh, talk more (laughs) with him. We uh, bring you now our interview with Coach Collins. So we are here at Temple Football Practice with Coach Collins. Coach, how are you doing today? Doing great. Just finished practice. It was a spirited one, so uh, good day. You got a lot of excitement out there on the field. <laughs> Do you want to talk a little bit about what you're seeing coming to this year as opposed to last year yeah. when everything was new? I think we had, you know, winning four out of the last five games last year, winning the bowl game, third in school history, uh, just the leadership experiences that are, uh, you know, guys that were juniors and sophomores last year really, I thought they really kind of, added leadership value last season when we had a small senior class and just the lessons they learned through that i uh, went through a very grueling off season but i, but I knew we could handle it because we had such good leadership really good spring practices um, i knew when we left the the spring game that we had a really good football team then we got 32 new scholarship players 
came here at the end of June. And uh, the older guys just brought them into our culture, taught them the way we do things around here. Uh, you know, we're relentless, we're physical, we're tough, and uh, they, they've really bought into all that stuff. I've seen you talk about the increased depth on the team yep. last year, and last year it impacted everything from practicing to your game day plans. Right. You got six offensive starters back, seven defensive starters back. What does that mean to your team with not only the depth but the experience that these guys have out on the field to implement what you want to right. see them do? Well, the, the big thing, you know, I think, you know, somebody said this back at media days that um, last year we had one of the least experienced rosters in college football, and uh, you know, the big thing for me was building elite depth on this roster and. Uh, I think we've done that, and uh, I mean, there's there's probably six safeties um, that will play a ton for us. There's five corners that will play a ton for us. There's 10 to 12 defensive linemen that'll play significant reps for us, and uh, there's probably nine linebackers. I could go on and on and on, which we did not have last year, and uh, so it's just exciting uh, to have all this depth and guys competing and just trying to find roles uh, for the different guys that are doing so well for us. Not only the depth, but I've noticed that there's a lot of versatility, that a lot of play guys can play a lot of different positions and that you seem to place an emphasis on that. We do. The big thing for us is position flexibility, so we'll move offensive linemen around from tackle to guard to center throughout the practice. The linebackers are interchangeable. Our safeties and corners uh, will play nickel, they'll play dime, they'll play safety, they'll play corner. Um, so we do that all over the place. Our starting middle linebacker played tailback today. Um, our starting right guard played nose and goal line situations today uh, on defense. So that's a big thing for me because now with the, with the roster limitations in the NFL, you have value to an NFL team the more you can do, the more special teams value you can add, and the more you can do offensively or defensively. And our whole philosophy in this program is to get these guys ready for life after college. We talk about depth, but my understanding is you don't really have a depth chart. You're either we above don't. the line or you're below the that, line. You're not first string, second string. Can you talk a little bit about that and why it's sure. important that – you have everybody sort of on the same page there, no, yep. not, not separated. Yeah, so we don't. I, I don't believe in having a starter, having backups. There, there's guys at every position group that are ready to play, and there's guys that are not yet ready to play. And if you're above the line in our depth chart, um, you're going to play. And all of the reps that you play during the game are going to depend on your practice. That can change even up to the Friday walkthrough. If somebody doesn't really know the game plan, well, their reps are about to get cut. And, uh, you know, I don't ever want a guy thinking he's a starter, he's a backup, because invariably you start to prepare that way. I want every guy that's above the line to prepare like he's going to play significant snaps in the game, because he will uh, if he's ready. So that's, that's the philosophy, because I was at Western Carolina 10, 12 years ago, and our backup free safety was probably our eighth best defensive back. Our starting free safety got hurt, and we had to play our eighth best defensive back instead of the next best. So that's why I don't believe in backups and starters. I don't believe I believe in position flexibility because you want the best players on the field um, at all times. One of the things we've noticed from being at practice for the last couple hours is the there is no wasted movement here. <laughs> that's it, right. it, it seems like every single moment everybody knows where to be and they seem motivated to be there yeah how do you get them to be you know I, i've seen guys that coach like baseball teams and, and you know it's it's uh you know 12 kids or whatever right. you have over 100 guys here and they all know where to go at every moment right. how do you get them ready for that uh well i'm glad y'all didn't come out to the first practice <laughs> 18 months ago because uh, there were people that had no idea where to go um, but now we've got a very efficient machine running um, we do two spot drills we do three spot drills um, i don't believe in guys standing around 
you get better by actually doing, not doing mental reps. You get better by doing and physically doing the work. So we'd never, whenever we have uh, groups of players going, you will never see at our practice 22 guys playing and 88 guys standing around. Everybody's going to be playing and I'm moving from group to group. And we have flags out here. I don't know if y'all noticed them. We have a Cuban flag for the south end of the field. We have a Canadian flag uh, for the north end of the field. We have a Japanese flag for the west side of the field. And we have a Swedish flag for the eastern side of the field, just so guys know where they're going to go. And um, so all we have to do is say, hey, we're going minus 20 Cuba. They know that it's on the 20 yard line coming out, or we're plus 30 Canada. That means we're on the 30 yard line. We're going in. Everybody knows where to go. The coaches do a great job communicating. Um, and we have unbelievable young men in our program that are conscientious, that want to do right, and they want to get better. And they know if we have an efficient practice, we're going to have a good practice and we're all going to get better. I see uh, not only are the players constantly moving, but the coaches are constantly mm-hmm. moving. I've never seen coaches that are that are this fit running around the whole practice. <laughs> right. They get they get positively encouraged by me on how to be a big-time ball coach. And uh, we've got a great staff that, you know, really believes in this place, really believes in our culture, really believes in our players. And uh, they're, they're a special group to come to work with every day. One of the things that I did notice is that, you were out there doing push-ups. I was. So can you explain why in the middle of a practice you're doing push-ups? So uh, the big thing on defense, we want to lead the country in turnover. So every time one of our defensive players gets a turnover in practice and in the games too, if he gets a turnover, he can hand that football to anybody he wants to. And that person has to do 10 push-ups. So I think I had 40 today that I had to do. Like I say, how um, excited are they to give you the ball? They love it. They, <laughs> they love it. I got on ESPN National TV versus Navy last year. Delvon Randall got a pick on the sidelines, immediately handed me the ball. Uh, Mike Golick and Mike Joel Jr. were making fun of my technique. Looking back on it, it's pretty good. But, um, you know, it's just a fun thing that we do to, to keep the energy and keep them motivated because everything we do is about the football. And if they can make a coach do 10 push-ups – and they like that, then it's all worth it. In the media guide, I, I saw you talk about relentless effort, yep. toughness, and accountability. It seems to kind of underlie your philosophy yep. for everything you do here. Can you talk about that and, and what it means as you instill that with the players sure. to build your team? Yeah, that, you know, I've been around some you know places that, that uh, <laughs> it's all about recruiting and it's all about five stars or four stars, all those kind of things. We just want players here that fit in our culture, and our culture is based on playing with relentless effort. We're going to go as hard as we can all the time in every single thing that we do. Um, It's about accountability. We're going to have accountability in the classroom, accountability in the community, accountability to each other uh, on the football field, in the locker room. Um, That's very important. And the bottom line, ever since John Chaney was the head basketball coach here at Temple, is toughness. He's the one that came up with the moniker Temple Tough, and that is the baseline of everything that we do in our program program is toughness and you know I tell the young guys that come into this culture I cannot as the head football coach put you on the field if you don't exemplify those three traits because if I let you then I'm telling the rest of the team that just talent matters and that is the furthest thing from the truth around here you got to be relentless you got to be accountable to your teammates and to yourself and you've got to be tough before you ever step on the field in a Temple uniform. You hearken back to John Chaney and yep. previous coaches and their impact. You followed Matt Rule here. Sure. You were pretty familiar with him. That's you had worked with him at different places. Can you talk a little bit about that relationship sure. and how it helped with the transition here? Absolutely. So uh, Albright College, I was a 25-year-old defensive coordinator at Albright College Division Three School in Reading, Pennsylvania. Hired Matt as linebackers coach. I was a defense coordinator. He was a linebackers coach. Um, then I went on and went to a three-year stint at Georgia Tech. And uh, then I got defense coordinator job at my alma mater, Western Carolina University. 
first call I made was to Matt. And he came, was the linebackers coach for me. I was the defense coordinator uh, at Western Carolina for four years, so he was my linebackers coach. And then he and I have just, you know, maintained, you know, a great relationship over the last 10 years that he was at Temple. And I had stops at Georgia Tech and Alabama and UCF and Mississippi State and Florida. Um, but the whole time I'm keeping close tabs on this program, um, telling him experiences that I'm learning by being around Nick Saban, experiences that I'm learning by being with Dan Mullen at Mississippi State, Jim McElwain at Florida, and then – I would use things that he was doing here. He would use things that I was doing at those places. And the cool thing is about coming into this culture, a lot of things that we had discussed over the 10 years are being implemented here already. And so it made the transition very smooth because the things that I believe in are already in existence in this culture. So that made it a very smooth transition coming in. Can you talk about what it was like to learn under those coaches? <laughs> I mean, you know, you're out here teaching the players, but right. you got to learn under some great teachers There's yourself. No what was that like, and how has that shaped you as the coach you are? Yeah, it's special. You know, one of the big things is that George O'Leary, uh, great head coach, you know, basically built the UCF football program. Uh, Nick Saban, obviously what he's done over the last – his whole career really um, is special, and I got to speak at the, the Alabama Coaches Clinic back in uh, April. So that was a huge moment. Learning from him, Dan Mullen, uh, the run that we had at Mississippi State, number one in the country my last year there for 10 weeks, um, was a special run. And then going to the University of Florida and going to the SEC championship game two years in a row. But the biggest thing that I learned, uh, and I learned it the last two years I was at Florida, was with all the special things that you learn from being the, around those head coaches that are top notch, is you can't come in and be one of them. you got to be you. And I learned that from Jim McElwain, blessed to be around in the last two years because the things that we did at Alabama, we did at Florida. But Jim McElwain was his own man, his own personality. And I've, I think I've done a good job just relaxing and being myself and implementing the best things from those places. So the way we practice is very similar to an Alabama practice or a University of Florida practice when I was there. The way we do our off-season conditioning is very similar to what we did at Mississippi State University because we're a developmental program. So I've been able to pick and choose the best things uh, from those places, the way we run our staff meetings and all of our uh, data input, uh, all the things that we do analytically, I learned from Coach O'Leary. So taking those best, the best parts of those great coaches, but still being me and my personality has been been positive. Despite all the coaching that you have to do here, I heard that earlier this year you actually went abroad. We did. So we tell did. us a little bit about Japan. That was a blast. That was a life-changing experience. You know, they came to me uh, early in the spring or late in the winter, however you want to say it, um, and said they wanted me to go to Tokyo. And uh, they're starting NCAA athletics, that program, you know, that system over in Japan. And actually, Temple University is at the forefront of it because we have a campus over in Tokyo. And I said I would love to, but with one caveat, I got to be able to take some players. And our administration is amazing. Uh, they let us take eight players um, and eight staff, faculty members. And I went over there and spent nine days in Tokyo. And it was amazing. So it was really seven days in Tokyo, uh, two days in Kyoto, or six days to whatever, and then Osaka. It was an absolute blast. The bonding experiences we had with those guys, but just the, the seeing their culture. Um, you know, we were there for nine days, never saw a piece of trash on the street. In the subway system, never saw a piece of gum, a cup, stray cup, nothing the entire time we were there just so much pride in that culture and uh you know how they're systematic about everything they were one of the trains one day was 30 seconds uh early 
or left 24 seconds early. There was a three-minute news piece on how it was 24 seconds early and a written formal apology to the city of Tokyo that that malfunction happened. And I was just blown away, just the attention to detail in that entire culture. We had a blast. So we like to talk about more than just sports and, and what you do with the players on the field. Off the field, you really do a lot. I, I was looking up um, your team at a 3.02 GPA. We did. Uh, that was the highest in the AAC. AAC. Yep. The highest I, in school history. Highest in school history. I even saw that during one of the spring practices, the guys that got above a 3.0 were able to put their social media handle on the back of their jerseys. Yes. Um, can you talk about the importance of both education in the classroom sure. as well on the field and then the involvement that you've had here in the community because you guys have done over 300 hours of community right. service too so it's not just the game on the field you're you're developing complete right professional people that are involved in the community that are d developing sure. in the classroom and that are performing on the field right yeah and the, the other thing is we had a 3.15 gpa over summer school which has never happened before here they've never had above a 3.0 so the guys are amazing um we have a saying around here how you do anything is how you do everything so if you're going to play football, you're going to compete and do it at the highest level. If you're going to go to do academic work, you're going to do it at the highest level. Everything that we do, <clears throat> we try to be the absolute best that we can possibly be and set a standard every single day of, for greatness. Um, and that's in every phase of our lives. And then our job is to prepare them for life after college. And getting their degree matters a lot to me. Um, you know, one of my proudest moments, uh, Deontay Skinner, I coached him at Mississippi State University. He was the first person in his family to ever get a college degree. And a lot of the people that are in our, our building are very similar, uh, have those similar experiences. And if you can provide a young man with an education and something that is really applicable to what they want to do in life, there, there's nothing better than that. And, uh, you know, one of the things I'm proud of, too, is at Temple on our team, we have 44 different majors on our football team. Other places I've been at, you might have seven majors over 85 players, six majors over 85 players, which is basically saying we just want them to be eligible and go to the NFL. That's not the case here. We want them to leave here with a meaningful degree in something that they want to study so they can go on and have a successful life. That matters to me. And what do you hope for them to get out of the community involvement? I mean, you've done everything with the Eagles Autism Challenge, right. Susan G. Komen. I mean, you yep. name it, you guys have been involved, sure. like I said, over 300 hours. Right. What does that do for you and for your players to bond together among that? Yeah, that, just one of the big things us is uh, giving of yourselves for the benefit of others. There's no greater joy in life. There's no greater uh, self-fulfillment than to make somebody else happy. You know, we talk about all the time, it's never the wrong time to do the right thing, and it's never a bad time to make somebody feel good about themselves. So anytime that we can make somebody's day a little brighter, um, make somebody's life a little happier, um, we want to be involved in those kind of activities. It's just the right thing to do. So how many days are we from opening day? Uh, 16. You ready? 16. I'm excited, fired up. Every day is a joy to get to do this. I really can't believe they pay me to do this because I absolutely love what I do and coming to work every single day. And one of the things yesterday, we had a birthday party. So my wife, this is a big thing for her, is every single month, so all the August birthdays, we had a huge birthday party up here for them. And so that's a, that's a special event for me. You see the guys light up because um, our wives that are on our coaching staff are absolutely amazing. They're around our players. Our children are around our players. You know, because our players are around us all the time, and we're getting on them about knowing this play or playing tough and being physical and uh, going to class, and we're on them about everything. But when they see our wives and they see our children, they just want to give them a hug. 
our players do, our player, our coaches' wives. Um, so we try to create a family atmosphere that's real because we really do love these players and want them to be successful in every part of their life and feel good about what they're doing for this school. So I just want to ask one last, a sure. little bit different question. I, I've seen you talk in my day job. I do a lot of communications and okay. marketing. And I saw you say where any successful business, you're identified by your brand. Right. And so I looked through the media guide and almost all the players have Twitter handles. Everybody's got their branding and marketing information. Yep. Can you talk about the impact on the Temple brand that there is and then the impact that social media has on right. that? Sure, absolutely. So, in, you know, in NFL football, um, talking about get, uh, acquiring players and building your team and building your roster, a lot of times in the NFL, players choose contracts. They go to a place that's going to give them the most money, the best leverage, the best deals. Well, in college, we're all given the same thing, a full ride, education, uh, room board, tuition books, all those things. So players in college and in high school choose schools because of their brand. And we're very honest about our brand. Now, we push it a lot on social media. Uh, we don't shy away from it. But we're very honest that we're a tough school. It's physical. Uh, we're going to push them. We're going to expect great things for, from them. And we're going to develop them into great young men and help them get their degree and play, hopefully, at the next level. And uh, we're branding that constantly uh, because we know, you know, we signed 32, uh, 32 players to this class. You know, typically, you can sign 25. We were able to get 32 because we undersigned the year before on purpose. And I have a special class and this recruiting class that we've got coming in. I can't talk about it individually, but really excited about this class that we're going to sign this year, too. Well, we're excited to watch the Temple Absolutely. football program this year, and we'll be following you. Thanks right, a lot thank for joining you. us. Thank you. Thank, thank you. So much, Coach. Thank you. Are you looking for a lifeline? Verizon New Jersey Shares Communication Lifeline is a statewide nonprofit that provides assistance to individuals and families living in New Jersey, those who are in need of temporary help in paying their communication and energy bills. Want to know how to apply? All you need to do is call Verizon New Jersey Shares at 1-888-337-3339 or visit on the web at www.newjerseyshares.org. It's quick and easy to sign up, but remember, you must be a Verizon Residential Landline customer to apply for eligible programs. That's Verizon New Jersey Shares, keeping the lines of communication open for you and your family. We're here with Temple Offensive Coordinator Dave Patino after practice. How you feeling today after today's reps? I mean, we got a ton of them, you know, and uh, we've made such great progress um, from the end, even from the end of last year. We're, you know, so much further along in our understanding of what we're doing and um, our spacing. You know, being able to check in and out of plays, guys understanding really where to go with the ball. Uh, the spacing of the routes is better. Our run game, our understanding of where we're running the ball, why we're running the ball is much better. So, you know, it's been great because the, the older guys that were here um, have gotten better and the young guys, uh, we have a bunch of young guys that are really, really good players. So it's really cool to see their development. And um, every day we're under fire, you know, playing, playing our defense. I mean, it is a constant attack. Um, so, you know, sometimes the results aren't exactly what you want them to be. When you go back and you watch the tape, you know, you're kind of pulling your hair out a little bit, but then you really realize that uh, it's going to pay off in the long run because there's not going to be anything that we're going to see the rest of the year that we won't see in the first 15 practices. So it's been great. And that's something that we were interested in watching. It seems like there's as much teaching off the field as there is on the field. You know, there's no wasted movement or motion. Somebody does something, you stop it, call it out, have them run it again. Can you talk about your returning six offensive starters, which 
Kachuk with Coach Collins about the increased depth on the team. What's that mean in terms of how you shape the offense, how you plan your game plan around for this year? Well, we want to try to play fast. I mean, you know, one of the one of the base tenets of our offense is that we're going to try to push the tempo of the game. Um, and have the, the quarterbacks have the ability to get us in and out of the right play. So if you're playing at a high tempo and you have more guys that you can roll in and out of the game, it gives us a, a real advantage because now those DBs might be playing 75, 80 plays and we're only playing 40 plays per guy uh, with the skill position guys. So that, that's one piece of it. The other part is that you have so many guys that can do so many different things that you have to try to game plan a little bit of, you know, to their strength and find ways to get those guys the ball in, in the best situations that they can. Uh, so it's cool. I mean, it's it's really it's really fun to have a lot of different pieces and start placing them all together. And you know, just watching the development of the guys over the last year has, has been really rewarding. What what do you see as the difference? You were once a starting quarterback in college yourself. What about being a starting quarterback then is different than what it is now? And, and how do you, and how do you incorporate what you do into that? Yeah, I mean, the defenses are so much more complicated. You know, and, and uh, there's so many multiple coverages. You know, there's so many multiple fronts. Guys are blitzing from all over. Um, you know, back in the day, it was if you played a team that was a four-down defense, you were going to see basically the same things with some cover two and cover three coverages. Now you have cover three robber. You have, you know, guys playing quarters and then, you know, rolling to cover two. And uh, so the looks are a lot different. And there's a lot more mayhem looks where a lot of guys are just standing up and moving around. So there's a lot more moving pieces. Um, and, you know, back in the day, I played in the wing tee, you know, so I was running belly and buck, you know, buck option and all that kind of stuff. So um, I think really the development of the quarterback and their understanding of the pass game is much different. And I think it's even different over the last, you know, 10 years. Um, so uh, there's a lot more understanding of coverage and um, where to go with the ball, why you're going with the ball. Uh, and, and with the, the way the media is now, I mean, you can pull up any play that you want from any practice any game we could pull up any pro practice we could pro you know pull up pro games you know top 20 offenses you know do a study of Oklahoma so there's a lot more understanding of how uh, you know really elite offenses are doing things and, and a lot more accessibility to you know that kind of information like you said there's a ton of video out there one of the things we've noticed just even at your own practice there's a lot of video going on so so how do you get all of that video crammed down so that each player knows what he's got to work on from all that video. Yeah, and, and that's up to the individual position coaches to kind of have a cut up of all of the things. You know, we'll go in and we'll watch all of this tape now as a staff. Um, I'll make a bunch of quick comments and we'll get through as much of it as we can. Um, the guys have access to it on their iPads so they could go back after practice and watch it. Really, you know, by the time the quarterbacks come in, they've already really watched it. They're so... Um, you know, uh, observant about what they've been able to do, what they're not doing well, and that type of thing. So, um, and then, and then the coaches have to make a cut up, and they have to, you know, really uh, be specific on the plays that they watch because, I mean, they might have 75, 80 plays to, to try to get through, and you know, let's say for the wide receiver coach, he's going to have to break that down. You know, he's got four guys that he's coaching. He's going to have to say, hey, these are the 20 plays that are really pivotal, things that we're not doing right, you know, or overall concepts that we're not getting right. And maybe at that point, just take the tape off and say, listen, this is how we have to do this. This has to be better, whether it's spacing or routes or whatever. So, well, You mentioned quarterbacks off to our side. We have uh, Frankie Newtile over here. How, is, how does it benefit your office to have him returning? 
Well, we're a little bit different than most of the offenses in the country where we give the quarterback the opportunity to check to any play at any time in the offense. Um, and when you have a really, really good understanding of football, our offense, defense, and then how the two of them come together, um, that's really um, the essence of a great offense to me is, you know, we want to have the pen last. We want to be able to be in the right play. Uh, we will check a ton of our run game. We'll check a ton of the pass game. I don't have to check it. You know, my job goes from Sunday to Friday night to get him ready and the rest of the guys ready, teach them the test, take the anxiety out of taking the test. And as you get older, you know, it's you, the anxiety and the stress um, of playing quarterback is taken away because you've seen more things, you're more prepared, you understand more, you know what the defense is going to do, and then you can react a lot faster. So, you know, he's very, very smart. He's very diligent in his preparation. Um, you know, he's a 3-6 in the business school. So that part of it, you know, he can get us into the right place a lot. It makes me look great. Imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. You you mentioned Oklahoma. You mentioned the NFL. Last year in the Super Bowl, we saw Philly Special, which came from a high school or college play. How much do you watch what some of the other schools are doing to try and implement yourself? How much do you think that they're trying to see what you're doing to emulate? How does that work a little bit? I, th I think that you know you look across the country and you say, who are the teams that are similar to us? Who are the teams that are having a lot of success and why are they having the success? You know, is it because they just have flat out dudes that are better than the other people? Or, you know, is it a schematic thing, a little bit of both? You know, when I was at Coastal Carolina, we were, you know, t you know one of the top five teams in the country in, in uh, the FCS. And, you know, we were running a lot of the same stuff that we were running. You know, the Philly special, we've been running for 17 years. Um, you, you know, we've had it on tape for a long, long time. So, How does that make you feel when you see a play you've been running for 17 years running the Super Bowl? I, I thought it was awesome. It was funny because Frank and I were watching, and, well, you know, and he texted me after the game, and, he, you know, we call it Clemson because we got it from Clemson like a long time ago. Um, and he's like, dude, did you just see they ran Clemson? They ran Clemson. And I was like, yeah, you know, so now. Uh, yeah, you know, I like to say that, you know. You'll, um, you'll take it. But, uh, you know, I, I think that you, you always have to, continue to grow and you want to you know our base tenant goes all the way back to Warren Moon run and shoot offense um, you know with the triple option that's basically who we want to be and play really fast but then you kind of kind of go and see you know why else were these guys great we did a big study of, of the New Orleans Saints you know I want them to understand why Drew Brees completes 70% of his balls so you have to go find out why is he doing that um, and it's awesome that we have the catalog that we do to be able to do that would you find out what, what did you find out that that helps you prepare Frank or prepare the offense to be able to do what they do? Those elite guys play in front of the in, pr in front of the play so much, where they have such an understanding of where the ball should go, what the defense is going to be. They've seen so much that they know exactly where to go, where to slide the protection, where to throw the ball. That's why Peyton Manning never got hit. Brady never gets hit because the ball. He knows exactly where to go with the ball and he protects himself. And the thing with, with Drew is he goes to his first read, and if it's not there, he checks it to Kamar, which is you know, a, a great up. I said, listen, man, that check down is your best friend. Man, get the ball out of your hand. <laughs> to, be, to be able to yeah. check down to yeah. Kamar is not and, and that then, bad. And, you know, but we have our versions of that. You know? So I said, listen, Rock Armstead, you get the ball to him underneath with nobody near him, that's an eight-yard game right now. So dump the ball. You take that on yeah, every absolutely. play. <laughs> so tell us a little bit. Uh, you coached with Jeff Collins for the first time back at Fordham uh, back in 1997. How have things changed? For him? For him and for you. I mean, you know, we, we both were young, young bucks when we came up. We thought we had all the answers. We've, we found out over the years that we didn't have as many as we thought we did. Um, I think we're a lot smarter. Um, you're just a lot more experienced. You've seen a lot more. 
Um, I think we're a lot, you know, I know that I'm a lot better with the kids. Um, just from a teaching standpoint, I think my teaching is so much better. My understanding of the game is so much better. Um, Jeff is still the same guy that, that he was way back then. Uber competitive, um, extremely hard worker. Um, he's, he's gained everything in his life he's worked for. He's been given nothing. He brings that mentality to us. Um, always tough, always want to, you know, uh, get up and get after guys. You know, even when he was a GA, I remember him, like, getting after the defensive guys. And, and uh, you know, our head coach was an offensive guy, and he would, like, pull his hair out, you know. So, uh, but he brings that kind of culture. The kids love him. He's a tremendous guy to work for. Um, so, you know, we're blessed to have him here. So here's the big question. How many push-ups did you have to do today? You know, I got away. I kind of like as soon as I see those picks happening, I kind of duck away. I haven't got, I haven't got one today. Um, there was way too many tip balls that went right to the defenders today. Um, but you know what? The crazy thing, that our defense, that's what they do. They play press man coverage, and you're never going to get an easy throw. Everything is contested. They're a heavy pressure team. Um, so it's not just like you're sitting back there bouncing around and throwing a ball. I mean, you have to be on point. You have to get the ball out of your hand. Um, and they're very opportunistic, man. And they fly around. It's going to be fun to watch. So is this, this offense going to be fun to watch this year? It is going to be fun to watch. You know, I think if you saw us kind of at the end of last year, it's it kind of more of who we want to be and uh, play a little record. bit faster, set a few records. I mean, you know, we, we were okay offensively last year, and we still threw for the second most amount yards in school history um, we were first in the country in short yardage and um, we were first in the country against the sack uh, against the blitz so I think there's a lot of good stuff there and you know we threw the ball over people's heads a lot and then got Rock Armstead healthy which is which is huge so I mean if he stays healthy we could be really really explosive well coach we're really looking forward to watching Temple's offense this year thanks for joining us absolutely guys thanks for having me are you looking for a lifeline? Verizon New Jersey Shares Communication Lifeline is a statewide nonprofit that provides assistance to individuals and families living in New Jersey, those who are in need of temporary help in paying their communication and energy bills. Want to know how to apply? All you need to do is call Verizon New Jersey Shares at 1-888-337-3339 or visit on the web at www.newjerseyshares.org. It's quick and easy to sign up, but remember, you must be a Verizon residential landline customer to apply for eligible programs. That's Verizon New Jersey Shares, keeping the lines of communication open for you and your family. So we're here with Frank Newtile, starting quarterback for Temple. Are you excited? We just watched practice coming in this year a little bit different. Last year, Temple wasn't sure who they were going to have mm-hmm. to start. You had to wait a little while. Yeah. Once you got in there, you took full advantage of the opportunities you had. What's it like this year coming back in as the starter? You know, I think uh, I kind of have the same mentality as uh, last year, just in the fact that at Temple, we're kind of a uh, you know, we're competing every day. You really, there's no job set in stone, solidified. So you really got to come in each day, compete, improve yourself. So I think I kind of have the same mindset I had as a backup. I think the one thing that kind of changed for me more is just trying to be more of a vocal leader and more of a guy like getting the team ready to go and uh, really stepping up to that leadership role, which I really didn't assert myself into last year. And we saw some of that during practice when some of the things were going on, a drop pass here or um, something going on. You, you would come and take a receiver aside and kind of talk him up a little bit. Is that something, I know you spent a lot in the offseason, you were at the Manning passing camp, mm-hmm. you, you were working out with Drew Brees's uh, passing yeah. coordinator. Is that something that helped you to become that leader, or how have you developed that? Um, I think just over the years, you know, watching the guys before me, uh, guys like Tyler Matakevich, P.J. Walker, and uh, just really seeing how they led by example and just really, like, 
were leaders and really picked up their teammates and brought them along with them. And like if they were being down, then their teammates would bring them up too. So I think really watching those guys and those great teams before me is kind of where I really honed in those leadership skills for sure. How was the Manning passing camp this summer? What kind of an experience was that for you? Uh, it was an awesome experience for sure, you know, because, uh, you know, I got to be a counselor and kind of coach up all the young quarterbacks that come across the country and also, you know, a bunch of the top quarterbacks across the country as counselors as well. So we would compete and, like, work out with the Peyton and Eli and Archie for about an hour and an hour and a half every day. And uh, that's really fun to be going against some of the best guys across the country and just seeing where you stand and just throwing the ball around, you know. So it was a great experience, and uh, I really enjoyed it. <clears throat> We understand that your dad was also a quarterback yeah. at one time. How has he helped you um, become the quarterback that you are? You know, I think uh, my dad's always been a guy who's been pretty hard on me, but not he never really pushed me to play the sport. He always said, like, listen, if you want to play, play. If you don't, don't. But if you want to play and you want me to help you out, I'll be there every step of the way. So uh, whether it was – I never really had a quarterback coach growing up or anything like that, which a lot of kids have these days. It would always be like me and my dad in the backyard, just him working on my mechanics, him like getting a couple of my friends come down and run routes for me and him coaching me up. So uh, I think it was a real advantage I had where, like, I didn't have to pay anyone. I didn't have to, like, go out of my way to go find someone to help me become a better quarterback. Just having him there and having him been through it, playing at the highest level, Division One, And everything he's seen and he's done already has been a great – I guess role model and like person like to talk to throughout everything because he's kind of seen it all in his time and he's really helped me from a young age become a great quarterback. So since you got to college now you have Dave Patino as your yeah. offensive coordinator. How has he helped you get to the next level? Uh, you know Coach Patino is uh, one of the greatest minds offensively in college football for sure. Just everywhere he's been he's put up a ton of numbers passing the ball. He also has always has a great running game He's really known for having an explosive offense. So I think just some of the offense he's brought over and just all of his concepts and uh, the way we've been able to watch film with him, he's really been able to exploit defenses and show us where the weak spots are week in and week out. He always does a really good job of finding who we have to go after. And I think he's really helped me make strides, great strides as a quarterback. One of the things that he told us when we, when he talked to us earlier is that, that he basically preps you from Monday through Friday and that Saturday it's really now it's test time and he leaves you out there and he says you have a lot of uh, latitude to do what you want. Yep. Do you feel extra pressure to be able to do that or do you enjoy having the extra decision-making ability? You know, I actually love it because uh, that's one great thing about Coach Patton out. He really lets us play and do what we're comfortable with and really tailors the offense to us. Then he also gives us that flexibility, which not a lot of quarterbacks across the have, where we have the pen last, we could change the protection, we could change the routes, we could change to a run play. And because of that, I'm able to get into like more of a groove. I think the O-line, if they see something, we could really start attacking that. And, um, you know, I think it's really really helped us out towards the end of the year where we got that freedom from Coach Patton out. And uh, we really started moving the ball real well. And just with his game plan and ability, uh, I think he puts us in a really good spot Monday through Friday by just breaking their film down. So, uh we're really excited for this year. What's it like to have the ball game experience and the close you had to the season last year? How did that motivate you going into the off season to try and make yourself better coming back in this season to taste um, that? You know, I think uh, that bowl game win and the way we finished off the season, like winning uh, four of our last five, really helped not only me but the whole team in general. We got like a great surge, so I think, and uh, most people could attest to this. We were probably one of the hottest teams in college football coming down the stretch last year, and uh, I think that. As a whole staff, players included, like Coach Collins really pointed out that we have a special team this year. And I think the way we ended off the year and the way we attacked the winter workouts, uh, it was pretty evident that everyone was really excited for this year. And uh, seeing what we could have done the last four or five games of the season, everyone was like, wow, like, we got something special. We got a lot of guys coming back. We were really young last year. 
So I think that bowl win really just propelled us into the right direction going into the next season. You had the chance to go to other schools. You had different opportunities, and you chose Temple. Um, yeah. Why? Why uh, Temple? That was like my first offer, you know. Um, I really believe in what Coach Matt Rule envisioned the program to do. And, uh, you know, it was really it was a great school, great opportunity to play, and also great conference. And it's the fact that I was about an hour and 45 minutes away from home. It was, per, it was a home run across the board, you know what I mean, between the education, just the culture that Temple has, that Temple tough culture. You really don't see that a lot of places, and that was really similar to my high school at Bosco. So I really liked that. And uh, it was kind of a no-brainer for me. One of the things that we heard about you was that uh, you're doing pretty well in the business school, too. Yeah. Um, what, what is it about the Temple education that you've been able to incorporate with regard to also the football in your life? You know, I think uh, just Coach Collins really stresses accountability and just uh, being a man. So I think with that, it comes with doing everything at a high level. You know, Coach Collins says how you do everything, how you do anything is how you do everything. So he always says, if you get like a very good GPA in school, you'll care that much more about football. So I felt like if I really apply myself in school, then like I'll set the bar even higher for me to put like my expectations with football and how hard I'll try in football. So I think uh, those two kind of correlate. Well, plus you also get the, your own Twitter social handle, huh? right? <laughs> yeah, no, I was awesome. Coach Collins uh, is a huge uh, advocate of branding. And, uh, you know, a lot of places really don't let their athletes brand. And Coach Collins gave us an opportunity to have our Twitter names on the back of our jerseys for the spring game, which is a really awesome thing. And uh, that's why like, we love playing from just little things like that. I hear he's got a nickname for you. <laughs> yeah. What's he call you? Uh, he calls me Frankie Juice. And uh, he actually started that nickname last spring. And he kind of told me we had a, our spring exit meetings. And he's like, listen, I'm telling you, this nickname's going to catch on like wildfire. Just trust me. <laughs> and I was kind of like, all right, we'll see. You know what I mean? And it kind of picked up. Like, people were calling me Juice, Juice, like on the team and everything. And I started playing last year, and like I guess like on the TV copy, like the announcers were saying Frankie Juice. And by like, the end of the season, I'm walking around campus, and like people were yelling Juice and everything like that, like Frankie Juice. And uh, and I see with the the single digit numbers, you're able to have the nickname on yeah. there. So you've got Juice on your jersey yeah. out there when you're going. Yeah, exactly. So that's another like awesome thing Coach Collins does. You know, like he uh, allows like the single digit players to have their nickname on the back of their jersey, which is a real fun thing, cool thing. Just another way to brand yourself. Yeah, no, exactly, and he's the best. We, we'd like to talk on the show about some of the challenges that athletes overcome. Obviously, mm-hmm. playing at a school like Don Bosco, that's a big-time school. Mm-hmm. And so to come to Temple and then have to redshirt yeah. and, and learn patience yep. and really hone your craft, what was that like, and how does it feel now to be the starter going into the season, knowing that you've gone through those challenges mm-hmm. to arrive at the place you wanted to be? You know, I think uh, it's just one of those things, like, in life, it's kind of not a sprint, it's a marathon, so you kind of just got to persevere and just keep plugging away each day and just keep competing and trying to hone your craft. And eventually, when you get the opportunity, you just got to make the most of it and really just try to be as great as you can. And, um, you know, I think it's, it was a great feeling when I finally got my shot, but uh, the team really rallied around me. You know, I mean, the defense played unbelievable. The offensive line was off the charts. The running backs and receivers were making a ton of plays for me. So I think everyone just kind of came together and kind of made my job a lot easier. But it really was it made me able to seize that opportunity the way everyone else rallied around me. Does it make you appreciate it a little bit more knowing how hard you had to work to get there? Uh, yeah, I mean, I really haven't thought about it actually too much about that. You know, I'm just trying to take it day by day. But I think, like, like now we're talking, like, yeah, it definitely makes you appreciate it. Like, when you wait that long, it kind of – it's a little sweeter, I guess, when you're persevering and waiting and waiting and waiting. But, uh, yeah, I would say so for sure. So we also read that you were a big Breaking Bad fan. Yeah, I was a big Breaking Bad fan. That was one of my favorite shows. Okay, so now the question is, are you also a Better Call Saul fan? I know. I never got into Better Call uh, Saul. You I was going to ask you which one was better. No, I never got into it. So I was a big Breaking Bad since he hasn't gotten a Better yeah, exactly. Call Saul. Yeah, um, exactly. 
you're a couple days away now from yep. the start of the season. What's the feeling among the team? We talked to Coach Collins about the depth. We've talked to him about the experience you bring back, mm-hmm. um, some of the bonding that you guys have done. I know you're going to the Phillies game later, yep. um, a lot of the community stuff. <clears throat> Where is the team right now as the leader? You know, I think uh, this team is ready to go. You know, we've been uh, – today was day 12 of camp, and we've been competing. It's probably one of the most competitive teams I've ever been on. You know, every day we're out there scratching and clawing, trying to make each other better. And uh, I just really think it's one of the most tight-knit teams I've ever been on, too, at Temple. So I think uh, with that being said, everyone's just so excited. Everyone can't wait to get on the team and really stop going at it with each other. We're really just playing against another team, game planning. But uh, I think we're all really fired up and just counting down the days, you know, just trying to get better these last couple of days and then getting ready to focus on Villanova. Well, we're really looking forward to seeing you play this year and looking forward to you beating Villanova. Exactly. Thank you very much. All right. Thanks for joining us, Frank. Thanks. Well, we're here with Delvin Randall. Delvin, thanks for joining us. Thank you for letting me come on. So uh, right before we went on, uh, we were talking about uh, the Pittsburgh roots. Um, So so what was it like to grow up in Pittsburgh, and how has that helped you evolve into the the player that you are and the person you are today? It was tough. You know, a little town called the Hill District, uh, right by Pitt, actually. Uh Um, you know, it was it was tragic growing up. You know, I seen a lot of things I wasn't like a young kid wasn't supposed to like experience in my lifetime. Uh, you know, but I just kept motivating myself. You know, I just want to like get out of there. You know, uh, just move my family because there's nothing but negativity out there. You know, and uh, I can't I can't imagine if something happened to my family. You know what I would do. So, you know, just me coming here every day, just grinding for myself and also my family is is like that's the biggest part. That's what's motivating me, and that's why I'm here. And so, so now that you're here, uh, you have Coach Collins and Coach Patino and, and the rest of the crew. How, how have they helped you? You know, uh, <clears throat> they're great guys. You know, uh, when I need someone to talk to, you know, I can go talk to them. You know, if anything's on my mind, you know, if I, if I lose a friend or anything back home, you know, their, their door is always open for me to come in and talk to them. You know, uh, that's a big part. Uh, being a, a player's coach, you know, that's like the main, that's the main key of, you know, having a great football team and, you know, even better players. Do you have more of an appreciation for what you're doing, having realized where you wanted to go from to now being here with all the opportunities you have on the football team, potential opportunities for your family? What's that mean for you to be able to try and take advantage of this chance and take that step to get to where you want to go? Uh, it's, it's a huge advantage. Uh, you know, just coming out here working every day, you know, just before I even step out on the field, you know, just thinking about, you know, what I've been through when I was younger, you know, uh, just having the opportunity to come out and just get better and compete against some great guys, you know. Uh, like I go against Vintel Bryant, and you know, uh, just like he—he's great, you know. And he's—he's he's teaching the other receivers like Freddie Johnson and Randall Jones, you know, to be elite. So coming out here and competing with those guys every day, you know, uh, we say we're a brotherhood, and those guys also help me get through it, you know. You didn't just play football in in high school either. No. You you were a basketball player. What was that like to? to kind of help prepare you to, to be able to, you know, play different sports, learn different skills that you can kind of incorporate with each other? Uh, you know, going back to what I said from when I was younger, you know, uh, just playing sports always kept me out of trouble. You know, my mom always pushed me. You know, uh, my dad always seen that I was a good athlete. And, you know, the Pittsburgh was behind me. You know, the city was behind me. So, you know, uh, I actually started off playing basketball. Um, you know, my aunt was a basketball coach. You know, I got basketball players in my family who, like, love to play basketball and things like that. So I started off playing basketball. And then it was just something that just told me, you know, uh, just watching, you know, Troy Palomalu for, play for the Pittsburgh Steelers, that was my idol. Like, ever since I seen him, like, my favorite play was when he just ran and just dove over the line and made a sack. I was like, wow, I just want to play football, you know. Uh, and I just started playing football and just 
I got the hang of it. You know, I had to drop every other sport. I was kind of mad. But in high school, I still stuck to basketball. But I realized that I was too small to go to the NBA, so <laughs> I had to play football. Well, there is Spud Webb, so yeah, yeah, you yeah, can yeah, always yeah. do that. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, so now you're at Temple Football. Yes, sir. By your sophomore year, you're starting. Yes, sir. Now you got a single digit. What does is, what is the single digit on your uniform mean to you? Uh, it just it, It's an honor and blessing to have a single digit. You know, to get voted by my teammates, you know, uh, the, all the hard work that I've been that I've been uh, doing and things like that to be recognized to be known as one of the toughest guys on the team that's very special you know uh, just coming and work every day is just special to have a single digit you know uh, you know yes, the standard is higher when you have a, a single digit you know the coach is going to be more hard on you because you know uh, the rest of the team wants you a single digit you know what I'm saying when you get a single digit your, your objective is not to let it go. So, you know, you got to come in and compete and work every day or else that single digit will really be gone. Well, well, you actually have a chance to give back to your coaches a little bit. So when, when you get an interception, you get to make them do push-ups, right? Yes, sir. All right, so the first time that happens, who's the coach that you go to and, and say he's got to do push-ups? You got to go to the head man. got to go to the head man. <laughs> so you're, you're actually responsible for his ESPN moment where he's doing push-ups on the sideline. So how does it make you feel? Not only did you intercept the ball and get to celebrate but then you got your coach doing push-ups on the sideline on national television what's that like for you oh uh, it was great you know so many people after the game was like did you make your coach do push-ups i was like yeah but then i seen uh the tv copy that he cheated me a couple reps he ain't go all the way down so <laughs> yeah, he said that he disagrees that, he said that golik golik was pretty critical of it and he believes that they were good form we asked him about it earlier so we'll let you guys continue that discussion in yeah. the locker room yeah we, we, we got to talk about you, that you overcame some injuries last season you were banged up but you've played in 41 straight games starting 27 of them what's it take obviously as a leader on this team to overcome those injuries and prepare each week to be out on that field because they say the best ability is availability you can have all the talent in the world but if you're not out there it doesn't mean much to the team you're always out there what does that mean to you to be on that field every week and how do you prepare to make sure you're ready uh i just prepare you know uh every day i come in the film room i get extra treatment but what motivates me to come out here every day and not miss a game, even if I'm banged up, you know, uh, is my teammates. You know, uh, I like to lead by example. Like, we go back to the single digit, you know, you got to be a tough guy if you want a single digit. You know, I come out, I try to lead by example so they can follow, you know, and, and I know they'll have my back if I make a mistake or anything like that. You know, if I'm down or anything, I know they're going to pick me up. This team seems like it's developed quite a bond. Uh, what do you attribute that to? Uh... Honestly, you know, we just the locker room talks that we have, you know, uh, just when, when someone goes through something on the team, you know, we're always there. You know, it's really a brotherhood. This team is the tightest team that I've been on. You know, uh, we all love each other, like, genuinely. Like, we care about each other. Like, we'll go to war with each other. What's it like to go from, from the young guy on the team to, to, to now you're a leader? You know, you're a senior. You're you're up for the Chuck McNairick Award. You're up for the Nagurski Award. What what's it like to to be in that position? And do you like being in that position? I love being in that position. Uh, you know, learning from Hassan Reddick, you know, Tyler Medikevich, P.J. Walker, John Thomas, those guys. You know, even Sean Chandler. Just learning from those guys. You know, uh, they were great leaders. You know, uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't trade them for anything uh, either. Um, so I just try to take what I learned from them. And, you know, try to just better it, you know, uh, just see better for the team. You know, it's not always by myself, you know, uh, from going from a young guy to watching those guys get drafted and things like that to not even hearing about Temple when I was young. Like, I didn't even know, like, Temple existed. I didn't know people went to the NFL from Temple, to be honest with you guys. 
But, you know, when I got here, it was different. Like, Temple Tough is a true thing. You guys got 24 players in the NFL in the last three years. You mentioned Hassan Reddick, and I I meant to ask Coach, but I I didn't get a chance to. Mm -hmm. What does it mean to the players when a walk-on who didn't have a scholarship, fought his way up, ends up becoming a first-round pick in the NFL? Like, does that increase everybody like I can do this you know your walk-ons really think they have a shot your, your players realize you know the guys who have the roster spots realize they're going to be pushed by a walk-on who has the chance what does that do to you when a Hassan Reddick has the success that he does starting from not even being offered the opportunity it's just hard work and dedication Hassan like you say he was a walk-on you know he probably thought he didn't have a chance but you know uh every every day I see our walk-ons still to this day you know uh, they come in and work like they're, they live in they live in our facility. They come out and compete every day. They try to get one percent better each and every day, you know. And uh, Hassan is a true definition of Temple Tough, you know, from what he's been through and things like that, you know. And he very he like he really motivated all the walk-ons that come to Temple University. Do you guys still follow those guys, and do they come back here to to, to talk to you and and kind of continue to mentor you? Yeah, uh, Tyler actually just came when they played the uh, Eagles. He came and talked to the team. You know, uh, I talked to Sean Chandler, Hassan Reddick. Those guys, when they get have time, they come back. You know, they'll get a workout in, run with us or something like that. But, yeah, they come back and they, they love Temple. You know, it's, they're proud of what, you know, they made this program because, you know, without those guys, you know, um, Temple wasn't what it was. You know, uh, they came in and just bought in. You know, that's the main thing, just buying in and just flipping the program around. Now, like, they started to where we are now. Like, they started the trend now. And, and, trend. In, and in a year, that could be you. In a year, that can be me. That's It's crazy that, you know, it could be me. After watching those guys from being a freshman, I'm like, whoa, like, these guys are insane. You know, because I didn't know Temple Tough. I didn't know, like, what it really meant. I heard it, but I really didn't know what it meant until I got here. And seeing those guys work. Is is amazing. Are you gonna take Palomalo's number when you get to Sundays? <laughs> I, I don't know about that. I got I got to start my own legacy, but you know I, I'm always going. You know, uh, just try to marry my game off him. I just wanted to finish and go back where we started. Um, you know, you you you're proud of where you came from and what you've overcome. The relationship with Hassan Reddick and what what he overcame was that kind of a bond that helped you to adjust a little bit here. Uh, you know, he got hurt in high school and things like that. It it kind of. It kind of what like it's similar, you know. Uh, from out of high school, you know, I had to go to prep school. I didn't come straight to Temple University, so my route was a little different than his. You know, he got hurt and he had to like I prefer a walk on. I was just blessed enough to uh, stay with my scholarship and things like that. But his journey was his his journey was amazing. You know, from walk on to scholarship to single digit to first round. That's amazing. You know, and I just want to mirror after him. You know, I watch him work. I just want to do the same thing. He did. You ever look at your journey like that? You just ro- rolled off where he started to where he went to. You ever yeah. take a step back and say, like, I've come this far. I clearly have more to do, but I've kind of I've done this. Yeah, uh, each and every day, uh, you know, just from what you said before, the uh, awards and things like that, you know, it's a blessing. I just think to myself, like, I really, like, can do this. You know, uh, you know, there's projections. I can go first round, things like that. So I try to communicate with Hassan, things like that. But, yeah, it's, it's amazing to, what, like, what I've overcome and what I've been through to be in my pred- uh, prediction now. Well, we wish you the best of luck this season in life with the draft and everything. Thank you so much for the time today. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Have a great one. You too. Thank you so much for joining us this week on our Temple Tough Preview. Make sure to join us next Friday night to help you start your weekend in style. Have a great one, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye.